Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 155 of the Doss and D Show. And today you're in for a motivational one. Our guest today is one of the world's fastest selling real estate agents. Two years in a row, he's netted over $200 million worth of transactions and has been selling properties that are worth up to $26 million. He's a founder of Zed Real Estate and a world-class speaker. It's Zed Nasheed. Guys, just to give you an idea of how today's guest likes to operate, as we were doing our final prep for the episode, we looked out the window to see an orange Lamborghini driving down the street. Greeted with a huge smile and high energy, out hopped Zed. Zed is about to share with you how he went from arriving from war-torn Afghanistan when he was only 13 years old to becoming one of the most successful businessmen in Melbourne. From selling hot dogs outside nightclubs at 14 years old, to selling homes as he likes to call them in the ghettos of Melbourne, to then selling the most expensive homes in the city, all in the space of just a few years, Zed's story is one of true inspiration. If you're here for a good story, here to make more money or here to be motivated, you'll be more than satisfied by the end of this podcast. Alright guys, you know the drill by now. Hit that follow or subscribe button and if you're feeling generous, leave us a five-star review. It goes such a long way to helping the show. Alright, are you ready to be fired up? Good. Here's Zed Nasheed. All right, Dossie, well, it's not every day where our guest rocks up in a Lambo, is it? But uh, today is our lucky day and I can't wait to get stuck into this podcast. Zed Nasheed, welcome to the Dawson D Show. Thank you, boys. Thanks for having me. Mate, you were uh, off that guitar before, it looked like. You were going to pick that up and strum a song for us. <laughs> You've been learning guitar? If I could sing, I would sing a song for you guys, but I can do a couple of chords here and there. We'd love that. <laughs> I think music is a, it's more of a hobby that takes, you away from, that takes me away from the corp- corporate world. You either like you play sport or music just to run away from the world. You know, it, it's a different vibe when you're playing the guitar. It challenges me mentally, and it makes me stronger because I love cha- a good challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's been killing my calluses. <laughs> the <laughs> oh, fingers. Don't worry, us too. Well, obviously, the intro people would have listened to. They would have heard a little bit about yourself and your background. But give us just a brief, put it in a few sentences, exactly what it is that you do because you do things differently. I sold a dream. I sold some of Australia's most expensive homes. It literally, I wouldn't call myself a normal state agent. And if I was to be asked at a networking event, I'll just say that I'm a wealth creator via real estate. I sell nice. the dream. I advise people. I don't like the word salesman. I like sales advisor. I'm an advisor to create wealth for people. Love it. And you, and you don't go by selling, do you? You've got a, another special yeah. term. What's that? Zelling. Zelling. Zold. We, we love that. And double we- Zs would sound better than double Ds here. <laughs> See what I'm trying we're to talking do. business names earlier and, and he was coming up with a few nice little zingers. Double Ds we're, we're, we could be looking at. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we're not sure yet. We'll, we'll be launching that soon though. We'll stay tuned everybody. But when you say you're selling the dream, like we're talking big, big properties and in terms of how expensive they are, you said Australia's biggest properties. They are. Tell us about, you know, just run some numbers by us. So what was it? 209 million dollars turnover in 2021 is that so, correct yep last year i sold over 200 million dollars worth of real estate and about 111 transactions and wow. uh that put me number one in uh, victoria that's when i decided to move to the gold coast you know to start a brand in gold coast i'm very fortunate i work with my family i have three older brothers i'm the youngest one in the family and i'm the only single and bachelor one in the family <laughs> oh. so that's why you know, I have the time to be able to provide to my clients. I have the time to work seven days a week. And there's only one secret to that, boys. That's consistency in being disciplined, not motivation. Mm. It's literally being consi- consistent. And I asked one of my developer friends, and he does a fair bit of developments all around Australia. And he's probably worth about $900 million, okay? Well. And when people are worth that price, I, I guess I'm fortunate enough that I, I get to sit down and share a meal with them or have conversations with them. And one of the things that I actually learned from that specific conversation was success means 
the continuation of success. Now, you might have a good success in a specific project, but if you don't have a success on the next one, the next one, then how do you elevate from there? True. So success means the continuation of success. And that's why you don't need motivation. You need consistency. You need discipline. So if you're the youngest of the brothers, I guess, what was it? Are you all, have you always been all, Hamid, was it three of you? Uh, four, including myself. Four, four, including you. So has everyone, every single one of them always been somewhat in sales or, or have all of you boys had different skills in different areas and then now have come together the last few years? How has it worked growing up together and now being in business? I'm a high school failure. I got 28 for my radar and I didn't even get into uni. I, I got into business and uh, marketing course straight after high school because that's the only option I had. Now, being an 18, 19-year-old, sometimes 17-year-old, you just don't know, you know, you think – it's the end of the world if I don't get into uni. It's mm. actually, life is all about experiences. So I got into TAFE and I studied business. I said, you know what? I love this. I love this. And then one of the uh, professors at uh, TAFE uh, said, he was a good lecturer. He said, everything's for sale for the right price. You just got to ask the question. This is what business is all about. That's when it clicked into my head. I said, that's it. I'm going to do, you know, sales. Or I'm going to be a businessman. Whatever I do, I just want to sell something to the world. Because I wasn't scared to ask the question, Yeah. So I, I did business and marketing in TAFE and my older brother, uh, he's formally educated, he's uh, studied commerce, PR, uh, marketing degrees. Uh, my other brother, Kais, he's a scientist, okay? So he's wow. come from a forensic science background, pathology and blah, blah, blood testing and that. And then the other one, which is T, that's on the road with me right now and on daily basis, he's, he's always been a sales. Either he was selling mobile phones or he just sells finance. So the whole family pretty much wasn't to sales, isn't to sales. And we've always worked for others. And then we came to a point, I said, you know what? Let's face it. Real estate has the biggest money in everything else. And whatever you put out is what you get. And when I showed my pay slips, you know, at the age of 24, that I was making close to $2 million a year. And I said, this is what my commission is. I said, why don't we combine and make it double and triple it? Yeah, twenty-four years of age making two million dollars. What, what do you what do you think of that? Well, it hurts. Yeah, it's me personally. <laughs> it hurts the ego a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> but it makes you realise it's possible. Well, right. I can't wait as we go through this podcast. I actually want to talk a lot about sales and, and sales techniques and, and things like that. But before we do, prior to that, what were you doing before real estate? How did you fall into it? Tell us a bit about that. You know, upbringing. Sure. My first job when we came to Australia, I was 12 years old okay. when I came to Australia. From where? Uh, Afghanistan okay. is our background, yep. is my background. I had my first shower when I was um, proper bathroom when I was 13 years old when I landed to, in Australia. Right. So wow. my biggest drive is that, the fact that I've come from poverty. Okay. And that's given me purpose. And we've landed in obviously a country like Australia where it's the gold mine in here. Mm. And, and you can be anyone you want to be because the thing is I did a you know podcast on the radio last week and I said to the boys, you guys, what's your biggest fear in life? I said, you know what? I don't mind taking risks in life because the day you're born, there's a risk. The day you die, there's a risk. The day you get married, there's a risk. The day yeah. that you have a kid, there's a risk. You don't know if it's going to come out healthy or not. So there's risk all around us. I said, the biggest risk that we have back in Afghanistan because it's been a war zone for the last 52 years, you walk outside your house, you don't even know if you're going to come back in one piece because Nick Manning, there's a you know, suicide bomber, you just... You know, you get blasted or you get kidnapped. I said, that it, that's the only thing we want back at home in Afghanistan, peace. Mm. Business, for me, it's a walk in the park. Give, yeah. me, give me 50 billion right now, I'll, I'll love to take it off the bank and double it. Yeah. 
that's the mentality. So because I've come from that poverty, that's why when we landed in here, I started selling hot dogs. Then I, you know, outside every single nightclub. And people used to feel sorry for me. I'd be like, hey, can you give, give a tip? I just have to ask the question. All of a sudden, I'm selling hot dogs for $10 and $20. How, so how old I was 14. Wow. In Melbourne? In Melbourne. Wow. When I was selling hot dogs outside nightclubs. And which, uh, which nightclubs were these? Uh, CQ, Alhambra, oh, oh. Alhambra, George and Collins on uh, Collins Street. In, in fact, I was there just this weekend, not this weekend, the weekend before. And, you know, and, and I'm like, you know what? And I said to my friends, I said, that spot there, is where I used to sell hot dogs there, and there was a Ferrari parked, you know, behind me. And one of the it was a beautiful girl that walked up to me to try and get a hot dog, and she said, to, uh, "She said, how much are your hot dogs?" I said, "How much for your hot dog?" <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. Sorry, I was fourteen I then, <laughs> but it did give me motivation. Now here's the story. Yeah, she said, "How much is that hot dog?" I said, "She's like, ooh, that's a fancy car there. I don't know it was a Ferrari parked there." I said, yeah, it's my car. She said, honey, if that's your car, I'm going home with you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Does that have a role to play in my career, driving a car? I said, nah, but I said, what a materialistic world we live in. Mm. Wow. Definitely. So you know, do you think it's bad that people will say money gets talked about or no, it gets spoken about within, I guess, not necessarily low socioeconomic people, but we shouldn't talk about money. We shouldn't talk about it. It's, it's sensitive. It's private. We, we should never talk about it. Do you think we, 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 money isn't as scary as what everyone thinks it is? I think that you should live life with your own terms. It, it's irrelevant what people think about money. Yeah? They say that money is not everything. If money is not everything, why don't you go work at Macca's? Why don't you go work somewhere else where you hate work, you know, working in that or being in that environment? Money is everything. It's not everything. It doesn't buy you happiness. It doesn't buy you health. But it makes life so much easier. Mm. Yeah, like I could be in New York right now if I want to be. Do I, choose, do I want to be in New York? No, I choose to be in Australia because Melbourne is the best city in the world. That's why it's become seven times in a row, the world's most livable city. Now, is money everything? No. Your life should be like a jet ski. Have you ever met a depressed person in a, on a jet ski before? <laughs> no. I haven't. That's what your life <laughs> should be. That's a great analogy. And so if it means that you know, money brings happiness to yourself, but it's not everything. Like I asked one of my brothers, I go, what does success mean to you? He said, all I, wanted to do, all I want to do is be a provider to my you know, family, his two little ones. And, you know, provide everything I can for my wife. I think he is the world's most successful person because that's what makes him happy. Mm. So definition of money to everyone is very, very different. For me, I want to be able to achieve that financial freedom so I can help others around me. That's my biggest motto in life. Like I was with somebody on Saturday night and I said, I just wish I had that power that I could open up a company so I could help everybody else around me. Mm. The youngsters, the 20-year-olds that's been rejected from somewhere else, uh, go to Z, he will fucking hire you on the spot. Mm. Bam, you got yourself a job, buddy. Did you get let down? Done. Here's a structure. Here's your goals list. And this is what you're going to do in the next three months' time. You ready? You re, are you ready for a challenge? Let's take it on. And in six years, you can buy this business. Goodbye. I'll invest into you because businesses aren't run the, by businesses. It's run by people. So I always invest in people before business. Mm. I'm fired up already. <laughs> I just want to go back. So you're 14 and you're, you're selling hot dogs. Okay, from then on. Yeah, what, really nice eyes, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you're that's, welcome. Gee, that, see, that took me by surprise. <laughs> Oh, we. Uh, my Jeez, girlfriend doesn't say that. I've known, him, I've known him since we were fourteen. I've never, yeah. never noticed that. Yeah, gee, I think, I'm, I think, I'm, think, I'm, think I'm blushing. Jeez, <laughs> that's that's what normally the line I used to use. Uh, Z. Yeah. Right when the moonlight hit at the right point of the night, that's okay. You have really nice eyes. Well, gee, well, we. I'm a bit flustered. I'm not, I'm not fl- flirting, and I'm also not a as well. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Beep that, please, Bailey. Uh, <laughs> so you are blushing. I know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, it took me off. It just Dude. got me off guard. It got me off hey, guard. I'm straight, yeah. Oh, so am I. So am I. So am I. Wow, hey. Um, going back, so you're deep breath. Deep breath. Say, well, we've had some guests on the show that if they said that to me, I don't know what I would have been doing. Um, so you're 14, you're selling hot dogs. What's the next step from there? So I started selling hot dogs. Luckily, I grew up in a musician family. Yeah. So my older brother was a musician and, you know, he said, let's go take some drum classes. Let's just create our own band. And I, I used to go play with this band, that band. And that kind of gave me side hustle yeah, money. Yeah, cool. You know, like I would work Monday to Friday and Friday and Saturday nights or some Sunday nights as well would have gigs after hours. So the hustle never stops. Yeah. So mentally, psychologically I would, or physically, I would never stop because mm. yeah, I needed to survive. So then I did music a bit. And then straight after high school, I uh, worked at Telstra. I got my first job. I nailed my Telstra job interview. And, you know, in Telstra, one of my uh, managers said, you just got to ask the question, buddy. Ask the question. Because he was 45 years old. So when a 45-year-old gives you advice, you just take it on board because yeah. they've got more life experience than me. I was only 19, yeah? So I got a job at Telstra and I would ask the question. And back then, Foxtel's was new on mobile phones. So you could literally watch, watch Foxtel. And at Telstra, we used to sell the shit out of Foxtel, yeah? Yeah. Like, who's going to watch Foxtel on like a you know, tiny bit of screen? <laughs> <laughs> I used to sell the shit out of it. And every time I sold a Foxtel contract... I think my, I think my dad was a culprit of that, yeah. <laughs> was he? <laughs> There you go. I probably sold them one too. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So then I, I, I would get $5 bonus worth of bonus plus my salary every time I sold Fox or every time I sold a connection. So then you go five times and buy 20, that's extra money I never had, yeah? And for a 19-year-old, it's a fair bit of money. So when I worked at Telstra, a lovely lady by the name of Elizabeth Tronzi walked into Telstra complaining about that she's got a problem with Telstra, she hasn't got network, a lot of Telstra is this, blah, 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 blah. It was one of those complaints. I turned the complaint into a sale and she walked away with two more mobile phones in her hand <laughs> by the time she walked out of that. you know. So she came and complained so I handled that objection, the rejection, whatever she threw at me. So I, I converted that into a happy transaction and then she offered me a job on the spot. She said, you belong in real estate, son. I haven't mm. come across anybody as confident as you and you're not scared to ask a question. You can do some serious damage in the business world out there. Why not give you an opportunity? I walked into, I said, what's real estate about? I don't know who builders were, who architects were, appraisals, listings. My knowledge was like minus 75 degrees, yeah? So then I got into it, I dived into it and I failed for a good three years. When I say I failed, I jumped in there not knowing nothing at all because I was 19 and all of a sudden I'm on commission only. Yeah, okay. You don't know nothing about real estate and you jump on commission only. And then I called up my brother, my master, which is the CEO of Z Real Estate. I said, what do I do here? He said, son, you're 19 years old. Instead of you going, going out there to get formally educated, why don't you just become street smart and actually learn and practice? If you've been given that opportunity, it's a sign. Just take it. Mm. If somebody else has done it, you can do it better. Just listen, be patient, get the knowledge and go out there. If you're struggling, it's okay. You're, you're only a baby. You know, who wants to sell their house with a 20-year-old? Mm. Mm. They have no idea what they're doing, but you're going to get the knowledge and knowledge is power. So that was university when I struggled for a good three years. Have you got a, a moment, and let's call it a pinnacle moment, where you went through those battles early days with you starting off in the real estate, but was there a moment, so you were 19 then, what age was it when you had that moment when you were like started making money off, you know, your real commission was coming in and was there a day when you walked out of the office or, or away from a, a property and you just rubbed your hands together and you went, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. I feel like everything in life happens for a reason. I don't believe in luck and somebody told me that in my early, early days of my career, your luck is, luck is when preparation meets an opportunity. So when you're prepared to ask the question and then you've created that opportunity, that's what luck is. So then... My ex-director, when I used to work at uh, Harcourts, uh, she's no longer alive, God bless her soul. 
She said, she said to me, look at every single person that walks past you as a blank check in their forehead, but whether they're looking at selling, they might need finance, they might need construction, whatever they need, just everybody's an opportunity, just go out there, ask them the question, mm. yeah? So then I looked at every single person as an opportunity. Hi, my name is Zed. Are you looking at selling your house? I'd love to help you. Hi, my name is Zed. Are you looking at buying a house? I'd love to help you. Blah, 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 blah. Don't forget, my name is Zed, 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 Zed. I kept planting Zed like a champion and I wore it. And then afterwards, the name that shopped after me, the reject shop in Melbourne, the amount of times I got rejected in my life, it was, <laughs> I, you know, I kept thriving off that energy. No, yeah. no, no, no. Don't call me again, idiot. I've heard your voice so many times. So I, I got rejected that many times. And that's why in sales, they say the more no's you get, the closer you get to a yes, because sales all about opportunities and it's about being persistent so I looked at everybody as an opportunity and I said I'm not going to give up if this guy's done it I'm going to be able to do it better so then all I did was I just realized that it was just my age that you know that was holding me off but all you have to do is mate you know you just got to persist keep persisting and just create opportunities man and, and it happens over time what's the most expensive property you've sold today 26 million 26 million when was that uh was this a penthouse? Not last in- year, the year before. And then I did another one in Brighton for 20 million. And then I did another one that was last year. And then I did another one uh, for 19.8. Uh, so, yeah. And at, at the start, when you're 19, 20 years old and you, you're going into the industry, what kind of prices were the properties you were selling around that? So, time? at the start, I used to sell real estate in the ghettos of Melbourne, okay. in the southeast of Melbourne, Hampton Park. Yep. And there was a lot of commission housing and all that. Okay. And my average house price back then was two hundred eighty-five to $310,000. Okay. Yep. So, so bridging that gap in such a short period of time, what, what are the like say what are the key elements that you attribute to that that success to that other real estate agents aren't doing or companies aren't doing? What bridge that gap so quickly between three hundred thousand dollar properties and twenty six million dollar properties? I think it really comes down to what do you want or what makes you happy. I like a good challenger. I like to challenge myself on a daily basis. And I like a good challenge. How do I elevate from one level to another level? Why is this guy selling a $10 million home? What makes him so different to myself? He's got two legs. He's got two arms. Mm. What makes him so different? Can I make more money? Is it about working hard or is it about working smart? Can I combine working hard and smart together? And is it a better outcome? Yes, 100%. Like I remember I sold 128 properties before I left LG Hookers in Hampton Park in that specific year and I made probably... million of commission. And what happened was, you know, all I have to do now is sell 40 homes a year. Yep. Yep. Less than half. You know what I mean? How does commission work? How does commission work? Uh, In the real estate game. Sure. You put a house on the market, you don't get paid a dollar until the property's sold. And if it's sold, you get paid on the day that you deliver the keys to that specific purchaser. Yeah, okay. And that's a certain percentage of the sale? Yeah. So, for example... Um, let's just say if it's a $10,000 commission out of 10,000, the agent takes away 5,000, out of 5,000 goes back to the company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long did it take to gain that confidence that you've, you've just talked to us about? And, and, and like, I know you mentioned the rejection thing, which I think is very powerful and I want to get back to that later, but how, like, I'm just trying to get a timeline in my head of where does it just click where you've got this confidence to go out and just, yeah, like really dominate the market. That's okay. So realistically salespeople, People say that you're either born with or you're not. Yeah. I disagree with that. Okay. I think salespeople are made yep. through the hurdles and the challenges that you get thrown out on a daily basis. Like, for example, you guys started this podcast from zero, mm. from an idea mm. to the next level. It's like when you're in grade A, you you know graduated to grade two in grade three and four or five. Everything has its stages, yeah? How do you build this confidence? It took me a good three years. And knowledge gives you confidence. Ignorance equals fear. 
Mm. When you ignore something, ah, I'm going to just do it, you know. Like I do a lot of public speaking. If I tell yourself that I don't practice before I get on the stage, that means I'm lying to you. And every keynote speaker in the world, they have to practice. Otherwise, their ego is speaking. Yeah. Preparation, you know, is the key to anything in life. So, yes, it took me a good three years to have this knowledge, to have this confidence, not cockiness, but confidence, saying mm. I'm not going to compare myself to yourself out there. I'm simply just going to go out there, give it my best, and I don't get a second opportunity to make a good impression, you know, and your first impression is always your last impression. So you got to make sure that you live a good impression when you first meet somebody out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it took me three years to answer your question. <laughs> well, with confidence, you come in and you're looking very fly, right? Very. Thank you. Really nice. Is what you wear a big bit to do with confidence in this game? And what I mean by that is you feel good and feel more confident when, you know, you're wearing a suit compared yeah. to someone else that might not put in that extra mile, just even when they're going up the road for a coffee or somewhere, they're always wearing a suit like sure. you do. I think it's part of who I am. Even if I go to a milk bar, I just dress nice just because when you dress nice, you just feel good on the inside. Mm. And regardless who, of who you meet, whether it's a suit, whether it's uh, – I could be anywhere – I just dress up for myself because it gives me that extra confidence. And when you look and feel good, you can make somebody else feel good about themselves as well. Mm. You know, and, and in order to grow my confidence, I work harder on myself than I do in my job because my physical look, appearance, people are very judgmental. What's that saying? That God judges us on the inside, but human being, beings judges us on the outside, on how we look, yeah? So then I've got to be ready mentally. So I need to get up, for example, at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. I'm not a morning person. When I'm in the Gold Coast, I, I am a morning person because the sun's out. But in Melbourne winter, I hate waking up in the morning. So it's that discipline, yeah? So I've got to make sure that I do these things that other people aren't willing to do so then I can get comfortable. So when I get on the phone after this podcast, I deliver my pitch with confidence. Because somebody else has just been sleeping 19 hours and you know he's just had a chicken parmesan. I've just had a chicken salad. I feel good. I love it. Talk to us a little bit about what you do differently in terms of so we've seen the videos that you create and the content you create on social media and these parties that you throw when you're selling a house talk to us about like that that feeling people get when they walk through to potentially their future home or their new home obviously we're not we're not in the business of uh, looking at 20 million dollar properties but <laughs> what like the psychology behind people walking in and there's like a party atmosphere and there's things going off and there's excitement and there's this like talk to us about that psychology as a buyer coming in sure it really depends on what type of property is it is that I'm selling. Yeah. And I'm all about building a personal brand because you want to be a person that you just become unforgettable. Sure. The minute you see him, people are so serious. When you walk into real estate, you know, open homes, they're so serious. The auctioneer's got his tie tied up all the way here. And, and truthfully, you don't trust him personally. Well, I, you, I haven't. They, they stay away. You got to stay. What's that saying? You got to stay away from um, lawyers, car dealers, <laughs> and real estate agents. Yeah. But that's why I don't call myself a real estate agent. Say so I'm a real estate advisor. And I always tell my friends and families, I go, focus on the value because the marketplace pays you on the basis of what you are, not on the basis of what you want. Work out your why in life and why should that customer buy this house? So then I educate them. Nobody's lost money in real estate. When they walk into my open houses, I don't let them just walk through the house. I hold their hand and I educate them. For example, the parquetry floors that you're standing on, it costs $220 a square meter. You've got high ceilings here. The builders spent so much money and time and labor that they've put in blood and sweat into this house. It comes up to me, my role as a state agent to make sure I educate the buyer. I don't tell them they should pay the price. I tell them why they should pay the price. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's, what, that's one thing that makes, you know, our approach very different to 99.9% .9 of the state agents because I don't look, I don't tell them that that's a, you know, nice bench top. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them what type of bench top that is. Gotcha. Like there's got to be a difference between a Mercedes and Toyota. 
You see, when you walk into a Mercedes dealership, there's a really nice looking sharp salesperson that walks up to you that offers you tea, coffee, you know, there's bananas there, there's apples there, whatever it is. And they're like, we know you can't afford it, buddy. I know you can't afford it, but I'm going to take you for a spin around the corner. Nick Minnett, he's getting you to sign a contract and it's only cost you $2,000 a month. And psychologically, you're, you're fucked in the next 24 hours. I want this car. I'm going to work harder. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened to me. And then you walk into a Toyota Camry dealership. They're like, mate, let me know when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> you pay for what you get, yeah? Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Oh, gosh. Well, can we talk about maybe about sales yeah. a little bit? Sure. Um, because you're on the speaking circuit now. You're speaking to other agents, teaching them, you know, your, your tips and tricks. So for you, early days, what were the biggest mistakes, sales mistakes that you, ma- that you were constantly making, which you worked out they were your mistakes, and then you fixed them? So what were those biggest mistakes early on? I think it was my ego. As salespeople, we naturally have that ego about us. Yeah? Ah, I'm going to you know, do this and you know, how can I miss on this listing? Why would I miss on this listing? Jesus, you know what? I'm going to drop my pants and even ticket whatever I can <laughs> to make sure that my competition doesn't get that listings, yeah? listing. But I, I feel like if, you, if salespeople paid more attention on training and role plays and being prepared, and I live my life on 6P rules, yeah? Plan your day in advance. Plan your week in advance. Plan for that specific appointment. Prepare yourself, study that specific client. What do you need means that you stalk them on social media to find out exactly what their interests are. So you've planned it, you've prepared yourself, and then you've got to practice that pitch before you walk in. And when you've practiced that specific pitch that you know that this guy likes, I don't know, uh, he likes playing pool on Thursday nights. He, li- he likes having palmies on Tuesday nights at this specific pub because he's stalked the shit out of this client before you walk in, yeah? And then we're, when you're at the, at the door, when you're in that boardroom, that's your performance time. So plan, prepare, practice, perform. And if you perform good, you produce the results. And once you've produced the results because you've performed and you've nailed that specific presentation, you party. Does that make sense? Yeah, the 6P rule that I live. Yeah. So finally, I just did that in my earlier days of my career. Finally, somebody, you know, twisted my ear, say, sit the fuck down and just do this and have structure because this is what's going to make you more dollars in here. If I would have paid more attention like that, I wouldn't have made as many mistakes. I wouldn't have wasted my time going out like during my prospecting time. Me and my, you know, one of my close friends, Brett Jackson, we used to go out to Karen Beach and just look at girls, and we would tell, we'll come back home. I mean, we'll come back to the office saying we're just letterbox dropping, you know. <laughs> 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 and that's what the, I was twenty-one back then. You know what I mean? So if only somebody would have given me plan, if only someone would have given me clear structure and ideal shit to make sure that, you know, I do this because of me, because I'll have a better future, not because of us, not because the company's reliant on you. What do you say to people, especially nowadays, there's a lot of victim mentality going around. I mean, I don't know how much time you spend on social media, but we, we live in that world. So we see a lot of it. Obviously, times are tough. They're getting tougher. We understand there's, you know, um, cost of living and all this kind of stuff that's going on. But what do you have to say to people that, you know, a poor me and I, you know, I can't get a break and it's the government's fault and it's my mum's fault, it's my dad's fault, it's my partner's fault and they're just blaming, blaming, blaming. What do you say to those people about taking upon them their shoulders to go out and make it some sort of change? Sure. Look, I've had this conversation before with a lot of my friends. I go, dude, you can wait for the government change. You know, you live in Australia, you get to pay your taxes on time. Be happy when you buy something, buy with excitement, or you can be a little bitch, sit down in the little corner and keep bitching, and that's going to get you to right next to nowhere. And you know where nowhere is? Right next to anywhere. 
not unless you bring in a change yourself, not unless you bring in that change into your own mind. And we can't tell human beings to change as well because you can only inspire people. And that's why you've got to change the way that your friend's circle is as well. Because if you're a bitch, then you have a friend that will start bitching as well. So if yeah. you have five influences around you, the sixth person will be yourself. So it's very, very important. You know, I, I've, I've been taught that, you know, life is 10% what happens, 90% how you respond to what happens. Now, you, you can look at the positive in life or you can look at the negative in life. Yeah? Mm. Our life only gets better when we get better. Yeah, I, I noticed that you guys have so many books here. Yeah. There's a reason why you're working harder on yourself because it's not about what you're getting paid right now. It's about what you're becoming. That's right. Because that knowledge is power. And, then, and that's when you know that. You know, the more positivity I put out in life, the more positivity I get. If I put in negative energy, I'm just going to get negative energy. Law of attraction. What you put out is what you get. Albert Einstein said this. You know, yeah. the energy you put out is the energy you receive. So if I want to sit down saying, shit, man, I'm just going to have a tough day. I'll just eat so much. You know, I'll have fi- I had 15 burgers, two alcohol, two la-la-la-las, whatever. That's how your body's going to react. But if yeah. you say the sun's out, I'm going to I'm going to go for a walk. The walk turns into a sprint. The sprint turns into a, uh, you know, a run. After that, you just want to fly. And then you come back, you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I always tell this to people, stop worrying about others. Focus on yourself. Don't talk behind others because if you're talking behind somebody else, there's four fingers pointing at yourself. So it's important to improve yourself rather than just looking at other people. It's easy to pick on somebody else. Why don't you fucking do it? Mm. Go out there, do it, show me how it's done. Does that make sense? Yeah, Mm. I I love it. The change needs to come in from the inside from yourself. So not unless you change the way you look at life, not unless you change the way you are and who you are. And if you know that in the last two years it's not been working, then work harder on yourself than you do on a job or change the environment you're around. Mm. It's not that hard. You see, trees can't move. Humans can. Yeah, very true. Some people are listening and you hear this term a lot, burnout, right? Yeah, people use that term all the time. You've worked seven days a week for by the sands all your life, you know, yeah. for a very long time. Have you ever been burnt out? I don't believe in burning out. Well, th- this is perfect, perfect answer yeah. because my next bit was going to be, do you believe in it? And if, if not, I guess, or if so, what, what do you think stops the burnout? I talked to a lot of CEOs and, uh, you know, uh, majority of my friends and circle and all that. They're like, dude, you're going to get burnt out one day. You're going to get burnt out. I don't call my job a job, mate. It's a lifestyle. I enjoy doing it. If I feel like I'm, you know, I'm a bit burnt out, and if I feel a bit run down, I'll book a ticket tonight to Vegas when I come back. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't believe in burning out, mate. I don't believe. I just go seven days, seven days. When the client calls me at 10 o'clock at night, I answer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Last night I had a call at 9.45 at night. I'm so sorry. I'm really you know, interested in the specific property you're selling, St. Kilda. And I'm really sorry that I'm calling you this time. I said, Georgina, don't worry about it. I said, it's okay. You can call me anytime you want. Wow. I'm married to my job. Yeah. Once I'm married and I have kids... I won't answer your call after 5.30 automatically myself. So I don't have to be disturbed. Do not call. Do not disturb. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't feel in that, you know, burning out and all that. I think if I want to live the life that I want to live and I want to buy things without having a look at the price, I need to put in the hours and the time without having a look at the clock. So I don't have to feel like I'm burning out. Because the reason why I don't feel burned out, because that end journey and that plan that I have, I've got something to look forward to. You get burnt out when you don't have that end goal. So every, like I got my goals all the way to, you know, when I'm 51 years old, as long as I got my health, mm. I can show you my goals. It's on 2027 where I'll be. March, what, June. What, <laughs> what, 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 what's one of the goals that you have when you're 51? Uh, I want to build uh, a high rise in the city with a big Z on it. Oh, wow. oh, love that. Yeah. In South Bank. Wow. That's my goal. 
So a lot of our listeners, they're, they're sort of that younger bracket, whether they're aged even as young as probably 13, 14, all the way through to say 30, 40, what well, we have quite a lot of listeners but but that's kind of our main demographic but people obviously get stuck in a rut they don't they don't know what their passion is yet they don't know how they're going to make money they're not sure which career they're going to go down how do you believe in finding that passion or that burn that actually will get you to live a lifestyle that you want to you said you're married to your job you don't see it as work it's a lifestyle how do people find that if they just have no idea for me i didn't know if i wanted to do real estate i found a real estate yeah yeah i truly do believe that through consistency and being disciplined even if you work at a factory be disciplined about it. You will create opportunities. You don't have to figure out your life when you're 20 and 30. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't yeah. have to be passionate about it. Am I passionate about real estate? Fuck no. You know, am I passionate about money? Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. Does real estate provide me that? Fuck yes. Yeah. Why? Because I work hard for it. I work hard for it. And, you know, yes, they say that you, ha- you do have to make, make your passion your paycheck. But, mate, till when? When will money be ev- ever be enough? The money is not everything in life. So now when I deal with my clients, I go, listen up, buddy. As much as I want to sign you up, I need to feel good about this too. Yeah, I've come to that mindset. So, And that's why I'm saying if I was that 16, 17, 18, 19, 21-year-old Zed, I would live life with my own terms and I'll be disciplined because when you're at that age bracket, money is everything to you. Mm. You got to, through those financials, through those money things, you can solve everything else around you. You can have that financial freedom. You can, you know, travel all around the world if you're in the digital space. You can do that. Yeah. Just work. That's okay. Put your head down, get to work. Don't get involved in the politics because the only person that's going to get burnt is you. Mm. You want to work at Maccas? Work seven days a week till you get the money. That's okay. We all start from somewhere, but don't just always think about you're always going to be stuck in there. You got an idea? Execute. Plan, action, bam, execute. You want to start a, you know, clothing business online, being a 19 year old? Do it. But work hard to where you are right now to make sure you've got the financial backup. I, I was, I'm reading at the moment a really good book, Mark Cuban. I don't know if you know him, um, yep. owner of the Dallas Mavericks and, and Shark Tank investor. Yeah. Investor. He's got a really cool story, very interesting. But his book isn't a book and it's not an autobiography. It doesn't, it just, just life lessons he's learned. It's quite a short book and they're, they're, they're really tailored for people kind of our age, around that getting towards... You call me the, old? No. <laughs> My age too, man. <laughs> hey, he, sa- he said our. So oh, that's all I us. said our, yeah. Only that the could... visual viewers would have saw that. But I was saying probably because you're, you're further down the line, especially in a financial term than Mate, we are. But what I was yeah, going to... You're, you're a lot ahead of us. A lot of ahead of us. But what I was going to say was that, you know, his advice for people in that position too is that, okay, like obviously you've got to make mistakes and do this and do that but in that time period where you're still trying to figure it out just learn 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 you know pick up if you can learn accounting or learn accounting if you can learn social media learn so just keep learning in that and then when that aha moment hits we're lucky we think we've just about found it now where we think we've found the thing that's going to set us free financially and set up our future we've spent the last 10 years we've been reading and listening and trying things and fucking up and we've tried businesses and they've failed and we've tried this and it's failed and but we've learned so many skills and now that the time's about to hit for us we feel like okay we're prepared so so i suppose it's not even a question but it's more of a reinforcement from someone like you in your position how important is it in that stage of your life where you're still trying to figure it out that you're just constantly learning and trying look i could leave real estate tonight Mm. and be in any environment but one thing that you know, people can't take that away from me is my skill and my knowledge. Exactly. Okay, and that's what you're referring to, Mark's, you know, yeah. obviously book that you're reading right now. And, you know, and, and, and he's so right. If it means that you have to self-educate yourself in an accounting field, educate yourself. You know, you can learn things. If it means that you have to educate yourself in marketing, 
become a master in that specific field. If it means that you, you know, have to work on la la la, doing feasibility studies, doing, you know, how do you sell commercial real estate? How do you sell this? How, whatever it is, like that skill is what you take home. Yeah. And you can use that in any environment, any, any part of the world. So 100% I agree. And this is the exact same thing I do. One of the biggest, biggest reasons why I guess, you know, I'm always motivated is because I'm not reliant on others. They, and, and, and majority of the time that they, they do say that you have to be a team player and I'm all about team, yeah? But as long as the team has the same mindset and vision as yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. the best thing that I could teach people and I tell people is learn how to self-educate yourself, be self-independent, be self-reliant. If there's things that you need to do, go out there, do it themselves, but allocate tasks to make sure that you're on top of it too. Mm. And if you want something done, people don't have to do it. This is your vision. Why are you reliant on others to get you to your vision? And if you're reliant on others, what's that? You know, every time we've expected something from somebody else, they've always let us down. So it's better not to expect. Yeah. Yeah. If you want something done, go out there, study it yourself and do it yourself and then help them, educate them. There's no better feeling than you telling a doctor how to make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you own property yourself, Zed? 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. do you think... Property is, and there's so many obviously ways to invest in and make money. But have you found that that's been a really beneficial way for you to make to build wealth? Yeah, I, I focus on raising capital on a daily basis. Yep. Uh, I focus on building, uh, you know, buying commercial real estate, residential real estate, and myself. Because as we get old, older, we have to focus on raising capital. 100%. You know, I do flips here and there. I did a flip last year and uh, I've decided to keep it. So every year I've released it on my, you know, one of my vlog channels too, the Z Real Estate channel. And I teach people and I educate people. I go, this is the purchase price. This is what I put into it, and here's a return on the investment and here's how much money you can get in, blah, blah, blah. So I teach people how to do that as well. Every year I do that because I need to focus on raising capital. I'm, I'm going to get older, but if I don't have, have any capital, cash flow, the cash flow is only important if you're going to invest your money back into making money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you live an extravagant lifestyle? What do you mean by that? Do you, with the money that you make, do you like to flaunt it? Do you like to party hard? Do you like to spend it? Like in terms of just you personally, like you, you mentioned before, like Vegas is an example. Do you, do you enjoy it? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Eh? A majority of my friends and people on social media, they think that you know, Zid's living that life. The reality is I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. I've never done drugs in my life. You know, I don't party. I look like a party boy, but I actually don't party at all. I've, yeah, never, okay. I've never been seen in public with a girl before. You know, so it's very really, I don't, I look like one of those, you know, flashy boys and all that, but I'm actually the total opposite to it. This is what I'm really interested in. You, yeah. So keep going. So, so, you know, majority of the time what people see on my socials is actually not me. I'm, I'm actually a very, very humble person because yeah. I'll never forget where I've come from, mate. And, you know, I deal with a lot of people out there, you know, they like showing off, they like the Gucci's and all that. If you notice on my body, I don't have anything. This suit is actually made by Z Real Estate. I try not to wear brands wow. at any time at all. Why? Because, you know, at the end of the day, rich people, they don't show their money. Mm. But do, can I use it for my business? Am I using it for business? Is, is people judging you, me on the on, on personal brand? If I show up on a Lamborghini, are they going to give me the $10 million home if I show up with a Toyota Corolla? People are very judgmental. So if you can work with it if you can use it as part of your brand rub it off in their faces and just keep rubbing it because it fucking works because either they're going to think you're a drug dealer being young or they'll think that you're very successful but what comes out of your mouth your mouth your pitching is going to be on a point that's why i say to have that 6p rule so when you are in front of a client you're going to make sure that you've left that specific meeting you've left them with goosebumps mm. what the fuck happened in our house so when i live here 
guys, you're going to jump onto my social media. You're going to give me a good shout out. You're going to tell every single person out there that he's the best real estate agent that I've ever come across. And if you've got a house to sell, go to him. Mm. That will happen automatically because my pitching has been so right because I've left the room with energy. Yeah. yeah. What, I love you guys, earth. man. Mate, we love your energy, honestly. Oh. I love you too, bro. I love you. Nice size too, man. Oh, yeah, see, <laughs> where was my compliment earlier? I mean, I won't blush the house down, but um, I'm just blown away, to, to be honest. I, I want to know about your routine. So, if you're working seven days a week and you're the salesman, you're on the phone all the time, you're front of mind, front of the customer, front of the potential lead, you're a busy man. How how are you? What time are you getting up in the morning? You said you said you know yeah. you're eating pretty healthy all the time. Are you a sauna guy? Are you a gym? Um, are you in bed by six thirty? Like, what's the day look like for Zed? In Melbourne, I'm not a morning person. I get up at exactly eight thirty every morning. I get my shower, everything by nine o'clock, nine fifteen. I'm on road. The phone starts ringing. Yeah. It means I have to show up to a client's house at 8.30 and obviously I get prepared for it, yeah? If I say I'm a morning person, that means I'm lying to you. But do I work after hours with my competitions asleep already? Yes. That's where my key to success is because majority of people are home that when, when we are dealing with real estate, they want to look at view these properties after hours, 6.30, 7.30, So then when my competition is sitting down and he's trying to enjoy a good meal with his kids, I'm out there hunting. So, 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 so you'll ring, you'll ring people when it's dinner time. You know what people say, you know, don't call them. It's dinner time, man. I don't have that. You know, if I want a deal out there, if I want to buy a house, I'm so excited to go out there and buy that specific home, or I'm nervous, you know. So somebody can give me that reassurance, can you know, put my mind at ease, and just give me that peace as well, and say, you know what, you're about to make the best decision because only if I would have told you to buy that house five years ago, you would have made yourself four hundred thousand dollars already. I just wish I should have pushed you. And, you know, a great example of that is our parents. You know, they're like, I should have bought that house 10 years ago. We could have made that. Surely, you know, I could have bought my neighbor's house 15 years ago. You look at Gold Coast three years ago, four years ago. Mate, if we would have bought before the boom, before COVID, you would have doubled up your money. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, geez, that apartment was only for sale for $350,000. All of a sudden, they were selling for seven fifty. And And everyone loves telling you that too. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know so the time's yeah. right and yeah. you're right do i have a routine yeah i follow the only routine i do have is just i get up every single day and i show up with a saturday sunday after hours 24 7 i just smash it and the biggest thing is that i take some breaks and real estate provides me that flexibility if it means that i have an hour gap i always have my gym clothes in the car and i go out there and i train to, to just to make sure that i i feel and look good for myself you mentioned earlier family in the future. Is that something, is that a goal of yours to, is that something you're kind of putting a lot of time and effort into in your life at the moment? Something you're looking towards, you know, trying to find that partner to settle down and eventually have the family. And, and when that, that time does come, how do you think that's going to affect the rest of your life as it currently is? I'm not looking for anyone. I'm not looking at uh, settling anytime soon as well. Uh, certainly there's been times where, you know, some of the most beautiful women have, you know, walked into my life and, you know, I've put in my goals first. I think I need to set myself up financially first before I even like think about doing that. Uh, will it be enough? Will I ever come across anybody? Am I looking? No, I'm not looking. I don't even want to put myself. I can't promise something that I can't deliver that mm. I can't keep. It's just not. It's not just how I've, be, I've been built. It, right now, I'm just focusing on building and giving everything to my wise. My biggest wise, my parents. Right now, they've gone through a lot because they've been brought up in a war-torn country and they've just had war after war and migration after migration. So I want to be able to provide for my mum and dad, which is pretty much. Yeah, they're my kids. 
So I want to give them everything. Like I walk into the house, I tell my mom, yeah, why is the light off? Turn it on. When I come in, I want everything on and they can just <laughs> send me a bill 10 times more. I would be happy to pay it. Mm. I want to give them that. You know, because finance is a big thing, man. Yeah. You know, people do stress. Don't turn the light on here. Turn this off. Don't turn the heater on. That's little things like that. It does that you, that you, do your head in, you know. And I, I just work hard so I don't have to worry about any bills. All right, double it up. And when I buy something, I buy with excitement. Mm. I negotiate the shit out of it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> because I can. Yeah. Yeah, I just do it for, to satisfy myself because I just brought that guy down like hundred grand. What the challenge? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. You know, but if if I want something, I'll just go out there and do it because that's why I work seven days a week, guys, so I can help the generation Y. And I do. I'm a big, big believer in giving back, man. Because I just wish somebody would have guided me. I just wish some, someone had these top of podcasts that we're doing right now that I could have listened to, and I would have taken away one percent. You know what? I resignate with Z. I resignate with D. I resignate with you. You know, I resignate, and and I could have. It could have just saved me. You know, at least a year or two of my career. Yeah, guided me. You know what? Fuck, I can relate to this guy. I'm a sportsman myself. I can relate to him. I can relate to his discipline. He's got the same journey as me. I just have to do this in order to get yeah, there. Yeah, hundred. I wish, but ten years ago, we didn't have that. Twelve years ago, we didn't have mm, podcasts. No. We didn't have Instagram. With um, your parents, do they like? Cause I think of my mum, and I would love to be able to do that for my mum, and I will one day, which I can't wait to do. But yeah. do they struggle to accept that? Because your parents are the ones who technically we're all their children. So I can imagine your mum and dad also being very. No, Dad, don't do that. We don't want that. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, are they like that? They do that every day, bro. Yeah. They, they do that, yeah. And my number one thing, one thing is uh, my, my, my parents are – my mum's in her late 60s and my dad's in his in mid-70s. And I tell my dad, I go, don't worry about it. Even if it's 10 times more, I have enough money to retire for the next 30 years. I can do that. I just give him that peace. I, all I want to do is just give peace to mum and, mum and dad, bro. I don't want to give him no stress. No financial stress, nothing. And I'll go, you want to spend? Go out there, spend, because I have bags of money. I don't have it, but I just give them that peace mm. because it brings them joy because I don't want it to stress manage. And stress is the biggest, biggest cancer in the world. Our parents do stress, man. When you're retired, you're asking for trouble. So all they do is just worry about you know what I do and how that my days. They look forward to having that little conversation. And that's why I'm a family man. So I want to be able to provide that uh, it's for my nieces, nephews, whoever comes along. Whoever comes along, you know, I want to build hospitals, man. Why not? That's a way that, you know, I can give back. And I'm planning a hospital in Afghanistan right now to actually awesome. build for the people that's in need. I'm not going to help someone down here just, just struggling down the road because he's on drugs. <laughs> he's put himself in that. No. I think success comes with you giving more. And you don't have to be a taker. You just have to be a good giver because giving starts the process of receiving. Just help. It's all right, man. You've got an idea. Let's bring it to life. I'll invest into your vision. I'm not investing in your business. I'm investing to your passion. Mm. Just give, be, you know, just in, you know, that's why I like watching some of the episodes on Shark Tank. That bad idea, yeah. good idea. Come back with something My favorite better. favorite show. Yeah. I love that. How do you go, and I know it's just going back to the question I asked you previously, which I know it's a little probably different to maybe what you speak about, but I'm interested. Have you ever been fucked over by women or how do you go with trust when, because this is something we always thought about. If, if, if and when you become rich or you become famous, Think about celebrities. How do how do they actually trust the people that then come into their life from then on after? It might not just be women looking for relationships, but it could be friends that suddenly appear. Yeah, how do you, I suppose, determine when people come in in your own mind if you can trust them or not? I've been single for twelve years, and majority of the times that you know I do sell homes, you know, one out of five houses I sell is a divorce case right now. You know, it's sad. Mm. But I feel like people think, you know, in today's environment, you, you just have to, that's why I say I'm not just an agent. I'm a marriage counselor as well. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit hard because. <laughs> does, it, does it say that on the business card? 
<laughs> it's so hard because, you know, I walk into people's houses, I go, it's not your fault, it's not her fault, it's my fault, <laughs> okay? You just have to be a good listener, yeah? So I always tell people, I go, there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth, listen twice and speak once, yeah? So let, ask the question, acknowledge what the client tells us and then ask again. So in terms of trust and uh, love and all that, I, I, I can't really get into it because... Sure. But re- reason being is I've been single, man. I, I, and you know, I, I've never put myself in a situation where I want to be in a relationship. You know, so I'm not stupid enough as well. You know, I'm not going to date go out there date at you know 16. <laughs> that sounds like a pedophile, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or a 19 year old or a 20 year old. But, yeah? uh, but also like gold diggers, for example, because they exist. I mean, whether yeah, they people see, want to they admit it or not, Ferrari. they see you. Sorry, that's probably pushed your sound up. But um, they, yeah, they see they see your cars and they see your lifestyle and they see your content and they might go well. You know, we we know that because we know we've got friends that have dealt with that kind of thing too. So I was just I, I was get it all the time. Yeah, I, you I, know, I get girls messaging me all the time. I just want to you know do this in your car and I want to do that in your car. I, I did a talk once, you know, before this I had a Bentley. You know, I had a GT Continental, beautiful car. You know, and you know after I, I finished my speech and it was funny because ten years ago I I used to work for that, that developer and she used to work in that office and she never gave me attention, nothing at all, and I could spot a gold digger from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. So then anyway, so I did this talk recently about three years ago, three four years ago. And I got off the stage and she comes up to me. She's like, I saw the car you arrived in, you know, and I've never been done in this Bentley before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down, I'm looking at her, I go, you low life bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, well, look, you can spot her, man, but I, that's, I, I work with it. I have fun with it, but I, that's why I don't put myself out there. Yeah. I don't attract them because of the content that I put out. And I don't even give it a, you know, people message me on social all the time, blah, 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 some of the inboxes that you should see. And then I just delete. I don't even respond back to yeah. them. It's better to not even be responsive to them mm, because you know what they're after. Cool. Tell us a bit more. I know it's not out yet, but the book. You've got a, a new book coming out pretty soon. Yep. So the sales machine, um, people can just jump online uh, online right now. They can order it. The website's still under construction. It's called ztalk.com.au. People would just jump on and order this specific book. And the book's called The Sales Machine, How to Take Your Business to the Next Level. It's called The Next Level Book. And that book is uh, literally about scripts, dialogues that I've come up with over the last 12 years when it comes to objection handling and how to build a personal brand. It's uh, got negotiation tactics. You know, how do I follow up with clients, for example? I talk about tonality in there, you know? Your first five seconds of you saying hi to that potential client, how impactful is it to nail it within the first five seconds? How impactful is it? How, how, do you, how can you be so, be so prepared for that specific presenta- presentation? presentation? That book is mainly about you making more money. If you don't make more money than me, shut the fuck up, read that book. That's what that book is. Love it. Love what, it. What, sorry. What's, what's the number one objection people have when buying a home? Sellers or vendors uh, or buyers? Buyers, sorry. And, I, and I'd, lo- I'd love to do, if it's possible, I'd love to do a little role play. Like, you know. Yeah, we like, can do role plays, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of us being, you know, the person wanting to buy a house and being, you know, a bit hesitant. You know, I'd love to hear like. How your, do you overcome? How do you, like, how do you overcome their objection when they're saying, oh, I need to go talk to my. One of the biggest things that I do that I pre-qualify clients. Yeah. I pre-qualify them like a champion. What it means that they get offended, they don't get offended, it's up to them. If you're coming in to have a look at a house with me, it's on the market at $1.2 million, for example, in Mermaid Beach and yourself and your partner looking at, you know, for you know, three-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment, I'd be like straight away. I said, dude, are you coming in with your wife, with your partner? Yes or no? Now, I'm the decision maker. Okay, good. Well, guess what? What time does your wife finish work? 
I, I just said that it's got nothing to do with her. That's fine, buddy. Have you got your finances organized? I need you to come down at 4.30 when yourself and your wife is available as well because I don't do second inspections. If you haven't made a good impression the first one, if they haven't liked in the first inspection, they're not going to like a second. So, Because what happens is psychologically, they're going to go out there, talk to their partner. Oh, I need to bring in my partner to have a look at it. No. I pre-qualify them. I make sure that their finances are organized. They're ready to buy it so they're not wasting my time. They're not wasting the vendor's time. So pre-qualifying client in any product, any business is what I you know, advise mm. people to do. One of my final questions, who do you look up to in terms of do you like the Jordan Belforts? Do you like the Grant Cardones? Do you think they're full of shit? Do you love it? Do you like it? Do you hate it? You know, these kind of salesy guys that are you know, at the top of their game. Who, who do you look up to? I did a seminar with Jordan Belford uh, yeah. just prior to COVID. You know, I looked at his personality. I spent a bit of time, you know, getting to know him and I don't look up to him. I, lo- I love his energy as a salesman. I love his tonality. I think he's a great salesman. You know, obviously he's got more life ahead of me. Grant Cardone, he's in his 60s. They've got more life ahead of themselves. So, of, of course, I'm going to sit down and listen to their advice. They've got more life ahead of us, eh? So, if I can take away one or two things from every single person, they don't have to be a Grant Cardone. They don't have to be famous. They could be just somebody down the road, you know, running Bevels, like Bevels Jewelry is my client, you know? How do you how did you start? I always ask questions. They don't have to be nobody. You know, as long as they're older and they're, they're, they, they can challenge me in here and I can take away one thing from every single conversation, I could, you know, I'm going to take away something from this. I'm going to take away something from you. I'm going to take away, you know, I might ask Bailey, I go, how did you do this, mate? How, what type of editing did you do that, you know, in order to get that production? Mm. So I don't necessarily just look up to somebody that's famous. I look up to every single person I can learn from every single it's person. opportunity everywhere. Mate, regardless mm. of who they are, it, it doesn't bother me. But do I look up to any of them? If I don't look up to them if they've got more life ahead of me. If they're in my 33, and they're in their 30s, uh, early 30, 30s, my age, I sit down, I listen, I'm like, all right, cool, man. Let's, let's, let's fuck shit up together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love it. How many are in the in the team? Fifty seven in Melbourne. Fifty seven. Yeah. And then on the Goldie? On the Gold Coast, we're building a team slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty seven in Melbourne. So I guess how a part of the job I'm sure is managing people. So how is that as well as as well as being a salesman yourself, being able to have so many staff members managing that? It's quite easy to manage people. I wouldn't call myself a boss at work. I'm very fortunate that we have I have my brother, Kais and Marcy and T. Uh, me and my tea. I think if if there if there's a good structure on top in here, and everybody knows their roles, that whole company just you know it just flows naturally. Uh, but then again, I am Z, so everyone just comes to me for advice. Yeah, and that's why I'm av- I'm available on my phone. Like for example, uh, when I when I when we have our sales meetings or when my staff come to me, they don't say good morning to me because I choose for them not to say okay. How'd you, how's that deal? Done. Uh, hey, bro, how you going? No, 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 no. I don't want to know how you are. I know you're alive. Okay? If, 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 unless you're in a hospital, no, different story. So what I do is I automatically work so hard and I automatically, even when I'm on the phone, I'm negotiating 24-7. They watch me how I negotiate. They watch that I don't spend the, you know, one minute of you know, having conversations that aren't dollar productive. Did you talk to that client? Did you close him? Did you close her? Did you get that deal done? Yes or no? Okay. All right. So if that's been on the market for too long, what can we do in order to strategize in order to get have an exit strategy? So what I do is I'm the hardest working person in the room and people get inspired because I'm around that, that energy. I don't tell them what to do because you can't tell a human being what to do. This is what I did in order to get this deal done. And I'm going to teach you exactly how to get this deal done because you want that product. You want, you want that to save a deposit for your house. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I never ever say I'm a boss. I hate the word boss. In fact, the word boss is very cheesy. I think I'm a leader and I'm not reliant on others to make money, but I'm a money-making machine myself. So then I 
you know, I want people to be inspired by that. Mm. That's it, man. If Love I say it. money's not everything, bro, fuck, man, I'm lying. You know, yeah. if that entrepreneur says money's not everything, yes, it, but he's made it. That's why he's saying it. Yes. Yeah. But we all need money. So that's why I'm, a, I'm just a leader at Z. That's all I am. So you're a leader. How would then the staff or the, or the other people that work with you, if they were to describe you in one word or describe working with you, what do you think they'd say? Hard worker. Yeah. Hard worker. Uh, very uh, solution focused. Um, some of them might say... Would they be intimidated? Nah. No. No. Okay. No. Nah, nah, nah. They know me too well. They know me. I'm not a boss at work. That's why. Some of them might say that I show no emotions. I'm brutal like that. You know, my staff will come up. Hey, I just got this deal done. I said, good. When's the next one? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, good. Don't be excited about that because sales are numbers game. Imagine if I was excited. Imagine like one of my staff said, you know, I'm just, I lost this deal. I worked so hard for her. I said, you never lost anything. You never had focus on the next one. So keep moving forward because sales are numbers game. So I, you know, indirectly, I'm always teaching him. If she said no, if he rejected it, move on to the next one because, you know, what you want to do is what you lack in skill, you make it up with numbers and sales. Yeah, I might start a podcast tomorrow. I'll get no, 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 no. But out of, you know, 100, I'll probably close one. And you, know, you just got to reach out to, to people. If they say mm. no, you might not be ready for it right now. You might be ready next year. That's right. You know, I did a presentation for this big developer in the city. Yeah, And I'll never forget this conversation. Yeah, This is, uh, you know, an interesting story. I was 23 years old and I worked at Empire Property Investors in Turak. And, you know, I was on commission only. And I said to one of my mates, I said, dude, hook me up with that developer, man. I've been trying to chase this guy for years, man. I can't get a hold of this. I can't get anywhere close. I'm trying to stalk the shit out of this guy and he won't give me an opportunity. He goes, all right, bro. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you an intro. Make sure that you don't stuff this up, yeah? So you get, I, I walk. I finally get an opportunity to go meet this developer in the city on level 37. I go in there, you know. Here I am, you know, young Zed, bloody ties unloose. I've got a piece in here. I've got a piece in here. And this big developer's, you know, very serious in a corporate environment. I walk into a boardroom. This boardroom was Mickey, yeah, like unreal. I walk in there. And David, he, did, he doesn't even give me any eye contact, all the guy, yeah. And I'm excited because I've been wanting to, you know, get his business. So I walk in there and he just throws his paper at me. He goes, are they well-priced? I look and I go, shit, I don't know. I don't even know anything about this project. I haven't even studied nothing at all. And I look at the paper because I just want to, I'm a salesman. I'm not going to stop, you know, run out of words. I go, it's pretty good. <laughs> he looks at me. Is it pretty good? Is it good? I said, it looks pretty good to me. I think they're bang on money. And he was just testing me, yeah? Anyway, so I thought I nailed this presentation. Whatever you said to me, I said, it's pretty good, yeah? That was my response. I walked out of the presentation. My mate calls me. He goes, how'd you go? I said, I think I nailed it, dude, yeah? He goes, do you want the honest truth? You fucked up big time, man. You fucked up big time because everything he said, he gave me honest. He goes, that kid was not ready. Now, when I look back at that young Z, and that's why I say I should have been prepared for that meeting. Mm. I should have prepared myself. I should have done some research on him about his upcoming projects. I should have done my research because that's why I said you only get one impression. But now I work very, with David very closely. Ten years later. Wow. Ten years later, he said to me, you weren't ready, son. You weren't ready. And the last thing I wanted to do was someone cost me money. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's amazing. What a story. So life is always about learning, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Being prepared. Well, Zed, mate, we're coming towards the end. Where can uh, our listeners find more of your content? And, mate, yeah, maybe shout the book out one more time. Sure thing. Uh, People can jump online, uh, zedtalk.com.au. They can follow me on Instagram, Zed, uh, Zed Real Estate, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, any social platform. YouTube? Yeah, YouTube channels. Oh, just go out there, subscribe. 
there's some good uh, vlogs that I release on a weekly basis and I'm all about content creation to make sure that I've given enough value to the marketplace. We love that. Oh, you've given us value today, mate. Really appreciate you coming in. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Zed. I don't want to go close these sales now that we've, <laughs> yeah, got, that we, we've got on the version. <laughs> but thank you for your time, Zed. Really appreciate yeah. it, mate. Um, Thank you. Loved it. Thank you for having me, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. wasn't that episode just awesome oh mate i got so much out of it i'm sure you did too and of course thank you to everyone who listened guys if you haven't already go and subscribe to the podcast over on apple Podcasts and spotify for sure and please leave us a five-star review on apple it goes such a long way to helping the show and of course you have your chance to get a shout out don't forget to go and follow us over on instagram as well what's the instagram d it's at dawson d underscore d-o-s-a-n-d-d underscore see you next week (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you in the next episode